You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. What's up? We're back. It's uh, your boys. Yep. And today we're coming at you with a hot episode of Things God Can't Do. Yes, talking about all the things God can't do. If you're confused where you are, you're like, who are these guys talking to me? Well, we're the things you don't hear in church podcasts, and we talk about the great areas of the Christian faith, and today we're talking about things God can't do. Yep. Can't, or are there things God can't do? Yeah. We always say God is all-powerful, He can do everything, He's unlimited, yep. and then there's uh, some philosophical questions that say, well, can He do this, or can He do this, and some, um, I don't know, controversial Mm. Uh, top or, or things and so yeah. we're going to dive into those because you might be um, sharing your faith one day if mm. you're a Christian and uh, <laughs> this is funny it's like um, but you might be fa- sharing your faith one day and someone might ask you these questions and mm-hmm. we want you to be prepared we want you to know that we have answers for these we don't have to run um, from these questions that seem hard and there are integral answers so yeah I mean it's it's 100% possible I would say very likely and probable even that one day you come across someone and they say, well, you say God's all powerful, but I don't think he's that powerful because he can't do this, right? And then give an example of something he can't do. Not necessarily like an emotional thing, like, oh, God's all powerful, but why didn't he save my brother from cancer, right? Yeah. That's not like a thing God couldn't do. It's just something God didn't do, right? And so we're talking more about the things that God can't do if he can't do something, yeah. right? So we're going to talk about those things, right? So the first one we're going to talk about is that God can't wait. In no way can God wait, right? Um, You want me to explain this one? Yeah, go ahead. I I know what you mean, but for our listeners, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So God can't wait, right? And from our perspective, most of these things are going to be impossibilities because of the perspective a human being has, right? We're limited, and we have definitions around our limitedness to make them make sense to us, right? Like time like space, like limited amounts of power, right? And so we quantify those things and we give them definitions so that we can understand them better, right? But God doesn't have those definitions and he doesn't have those limitations. They don't apply to him, right? So for us, because we exist in this created thing called time, we have to be able to wait because we experience time going in a straight line, right? If you believe in that version of time. Um, it would be the a, the a theory of time if you're into philosophy. Um, the A theory of time is that it just goes on, right? You're right now. There was a past. There is going to be a future, but you're right now, and you're experiencing it, and you have to wait to get to a certain point, right? So we would have to wait if we're going through time, right? But God never has to wait. So God technically can't wait. Time, in my opinion, is a created thing. God, if God is infinite, right, if he's infinite, He has to be outside of time, right? He can't be limited by that thing. Otherwise, time is God, Mm -hmm. right? Because whatever whatever is infinite has to be God or be a part of God, right? So like, for example, love and good, those are both infinite things because they're a part of God and who he is, right? Um, I don't believe that time is an infinite thing. I believe time was created. And so all of us are inside of this like bubble, just to give you a visual, that we call time, right? And all of creation exists inside of this thing called time and space. And think of time like this, right? This is why God isn't a part of time because God has no beginning, right? 
So how could you put something inside of time that doesn't have a beginning? Because time technically has to start and end somewhere. Or, I mean, it could go on to eternity in one direction, right? But it has to have some sort of starting point just by the very definition and nature of time, right? And believe me, we could go into that for hours and hours and hours and go into, like, the Kalam cosmological argument and stuff like that. But just for the sake of this episode, um, God is going to be outside of time because he has no beginning and no end. So he cannot be put inside of the box of time. But we do have beginnings and we do have ends um, for some of us, depending on your theology. Um, and so we can be put inside the box of time, right? I just have to quantify it because some I'm people may not, may not agree. You just said, I was just thinking how you said uh, you might have an end, depending on your theology. I was thinking, like, <laughs> yeah, was... oh, maybe annihilationism? And yeah, I was yeah. just like... So depending on your theology, you could also have an end. Some people think everybody's immortal. Um, some people don't think everybody's immortal. Oh, it just man. depends, right, on your, so on your theology. Some people think you cease to exist. So um, some people have ends, like I was saying. So you could be put inside the box of time. But if God is outside of time, there is no waiting. Waiting doesn't exist for God. It's not something he's bound to, Right. So God can't wait, technically, yeah. because waiting is a created thing that God is not bound to do, right? Now, an interesting thought is that God could technically see us wait, and we could perceive his action as him waiting, right? And as him being patient, because he is just acting at the right time for us, right? Not the right time for himself, because his actions aren't inside of time. They're outside of time. So they're not like he did this here, he did this here for him, right? He's just who he is. We perceive it as God did this thing in 1998 and then God did this thing in 2016, right? Yeah, and they might say like God waited till this time to send Jesus to mm -hmm. die mm -hmm. and so he had to wait for this and it's like, yeah, like that's a human perspective. Yeah. Right? God... But, and I like you said, like God existing, not bound by time means he's present in every moment of what we call time. Yeah. Which is insane to think about. He's as active right now, 3000 years ago, mm. as he is today, as he is 3000 years from today. Yeah. And it's like crazy to think about because we experience the passing of time. We can't conceptualize mm. a being existing at every point, pr completely present at every time. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, God wouldn't wait in the sense that we, mm. he's like, Okay, well, that's not your... Hurry up. Make our decision. Not your zero yet, so I can't send Jesus. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. From our perspective, we think God waits, or it seems like he's waiting to act at the right time. But really, it's just our perspective. God is acting just as he is outside of time. Right. Yeah. Here's a question that um, I just thought about, so I don't... I okay. think you probably have some conceptualized thoughts, and I don't... It's not in the the conversation, the, the questions we talked about earlier, but... Mm -hmm. Can God, if we're talking about things God can't do, can God create something less than the best it could be? Um, like, or, or, or I can rephrase it. Does God have any unactualized potential? Oh, well, that's different than... Really? Because I think it's kind of the same. Like, if you have, like, he created something, if it has the potential to be better, then that potential will be unactualized. I mean, it, it all depends, because those are all human definitions, right? Because you could say that a lion is better than, um, like, a cheetah. But could right? he have made a lion better, like a better version of a lion? Yes, the answer is yes. But then it wouldn't be a lion. I know, it wouldn't be a lion. Exactly. So then it's a exactly. no. I know, but, but technically it is a yes, because he could have created the lion to be better. The lion could fly. 
and by our human definitions, that lion would then be better. But for the definition... But as we know a lion now. As we know a lion, God created probably the best lion for what a right. lion is. And right? Yeah, and this, this is an important question because it's like, this world we live in, everyone's like, this world sucks, but it's like, depending on how you answer that question, this is the best world yeah. that God could have created for the purposes of why he created it. It has to be. Yeah. Okay, so you would agree that he can't create something with less than what it already is for his purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. But it's just confusing because you have to base yeah. it off of our <laughs> definitions of things yeah. that God doesn't operate by. Because for God, it's just a creation. And it can't be it better. It just is. It's it like, can't be better or worse. You are this way. Yeah. I created you. There is no such thing as better for this thing because I created you. Yeah. There's no such thing as worse for this thing because I created you how I want this thing to be. Mm. Which, in some sense, can be really comforting. Yeah. You think, like, who you are as a person. The way you're created, there is fault lines where you can grow in sanctification, but... Uh, the the you that you are god created and loves and doesn't think mm. there could be a better or worse version of you he just thinks yeah. there's a redeemed version of you and an unredeemed version yeah. of you parts of you are still tainted by sin and you could definitely still have some things that are this is so far off on a tangent but <laughs> you could definitely still have some things that are um even biological that god didn't create you with that are products of sin um so yeah you just gotta be careful about how uh, you say like you're created like god created you just how you are yeah. It has to be quantified. You don't want to take this, what I'm saying, and then say, I'm never changing because that's how God made me. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's bad. I'm perfect. Just how I am. That's a prideful sense to refuse to change. You should not do that. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyways, going back. Can, uh, are you ready to move on? You're ready. Yeah, ready unless there's something else you want to say about the weight. Oh, no. I was going to say, can God make a square circle? No. Can he God can't. make an object so big he can't lift? Nope. Well, that's a show then, I guess. That's... God's not all powerful, I guess. See you guys Ooh. never, because the show's over. <laughs> See you never. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> we probably should have started with this episode. This is like, I think it's like episode 60 or something like that. Yeah. Like, why would we do all these? It just <laughs> seems kind of pointless at this point. Why didn't we start with this episode? We're going to save so much time. We yeah. Had this episode I spent so first. much time, like, learning. Yeah, why do we do that? I don't know. So why can't God create a square circle? Yeah. <laughs> so these are funny. And I think these are, at least for myself, they're the objections that I've heard most to God being all-powerful, right? Because you'll hear people say, well, you serve a God that you say is all-powerful. Then why can't he do this? Why can't he create an object too heavy that he can't lift it? Like, why can't he lift that object? Because God is spirit and he doesn't have arms. Duh. <laughs> and, right, so what they do is they say, well, if God's all-powerful, and then they present you with a paradox that only exists inside of human language and could never exist in actuality outside of human language, right? So, so to give you an example, like if I'm just using human language, I'm using the English language, but you could use whatever language you want. I could say, well, why can't God create a cat that's a dog? He's right. all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants, right? So the problem is not that God couldn't create a cat that's a dog. It's that there's one thing that's a cat, and there's one thing that's a dog. And a cat can't be a dog, and a dog can't be a cat. Now, maybe in some strange universe, there's you could have... a cartoon cat-dog? I know. I'm saying in some strange universe, <laughs> I was getting there, you could, have, you could have some kind of thing that was like a cat-dog, maybe. Like, God could maybe create that if he wanted to, right? But then it wouldn't be a cat or a dog. It'd right. be a cat It'd be neither dog. of those things. It'd be a cat-dog, right? And so... Or dog-cat, whatever you want to call it. Um, so the point of that is that you're conflating, or not conflating, you're creating a, a paradox just within language, not within 
reality, right? Because all those things are, are definitions conflicting, right? Because mm-hmm. in reality, you're not saying anything. You're just pitting two words against each other and saying God can't do that right. thing. Right, and, and if God did create something that was a dog that was a cat or a cat that was a dog, then they, that was what we knew as normal, mm-hmm. you would just take that thing and say, well, can he make it this way? And it's like, yeah. you don't ever get anywhere, and that's not a, a, it's not an argument that's valid mm-hmm. because you you could always replace that with something and the person can never be satisfied because if you had a square that was a circle mm-hmm. well it wouldn't be a square or a circle if it was if it was a square that was a circle it'd be a circle probably right and then you wouldn't ever have a concept for square yeah and so you, you that's always going to be an opportunity with the languages to pit things against each other but they don't exist right it's not it's, and they they don't have and it doesn't free them from the obligation of a god existing necessarily yeah you know, it's like, okay, you can have these concerns, mm-hmm. but here's the answer to it, and you still have the problem that, well, God exists, and he is demanding of something from you. Right, right. You know? So there's no problem with God being not powerful enough to create that thing, right? God has all the power that is in the universe. The problem is with the language you're using to communicate. You're creating a word problem, not an actual real-life problem, right? Because that situation or that thing doesn't exist in real life. It's only It only exists within our language because we're crossing two definitions and making paradoxes in our own language. So that thing is not a problem for God because God has all power and that thing doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a problem for God. And it's not a limit on his power or anything to say that God can't create like something so heavy that he can't lift it, right? Yeah. Because that, that is physically impossible because you're just switching two definitions in the English language. Because that's the language you're using, right? So yeah. you're just um, you're just using language to create paradoxes, basically. Yeah. God can't make you choose salvation. Silence. That's a that's a joke. He could probably do that if he wanted to. Yes, he could. Does he? Who knows? He might not have free will. Who, who knows? He might not have free will who knows? if that happens. What? Who knows anything? But also, maybe you would. Depends yeah. on your perspective. It depends on what you assume. Because by definition of God creating everything. Everything is because if you think of time as like like going back to yeah. go off on tangent real quick. If you assume time like we did earlier, we defined it as like a created thing that God doesn't exist in, but mm. is present completely in every moment. Then time is fixed. Mm. Time is like a box. The end has been declared from the beginning. Mm. That's biblical. So in that case, then yeah, it is kind of like oh, the world is kind of set in motion. Yeah. And it's going to play out how it's going to play out because God knows then from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Does that mean God chose it all for you intentionally saying this person is going to do this and this? Some people would say that. I don't necessarily say that, but there is an aspect where he said press play on the universe and he knew how it was going to be, so he did it. Which is like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that. Tangent. Tangent done. Anyways. So the next thing that we can talk about, I think this is one of the most classic like versions of this, is evil or sin, right? Like the Bible always says God can't sin. Yeah. Right? So, like, well, God can't sin. That's something you can't do. So he's limited, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, well, no, like, he can't sin. That's, yeah. So and then lim- if, if being able to sin means you're unlimited, then I don't think that's true. Sin, like, well, it's, well, it's interesting because then I would say, like, well, sin wasn't part of the created order, but it, it's there. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, how did they get there if it wasn't a created yeah. order? Yeah, to explain... God is good. Not that goodness is outside of God or that God points to a standard of goodness, right? Or God created the standard of goodness. It's just that he is good, right? Mm -hmm. He is by definition good. And so evil and sin, like those things don't actually exist, 
they're just choosing the opposite of what God is. So, for example, you can have good without ever having evil, but you can't ever have evil without having good before that, right? Yeah. So good can exist and does pre-exist and predate um, evil, right? Mm-hmm. Evil came into existence after good, but you could never just have evil and then have good, right? Like the yin-yang thing doesn't exist in reality. Like you mm-hmm. can, it's just like light and dark, right? You can have light without darkness, but you can't have darkness without light. Right. Right? So, um, God, in him being good, can always exist, and he can be good, but he can never be, he can never be evil or sin, because that would mean he isn't who he is anymore, which is everything, right? Because this mm-hmm. thing that, uh, that is called evil is just anything that's not him, right? And so it's not like God has a lack of power to do anything. It's that that thing doesn't exist, and God can't, like, uh, doesn't not exist, but it's that that's someone choosing outside of God, right? And God can't go outside of himself, so he can't choose that thing that's evil, right? Yeah. So it's not God being limited or God um, not having enough power to do that thing, right? It's just that God, yeah. by definition of who he is, can't do that thing. Yeah, it's, and it's not like a... You don't... I guess you would say you also don't want God to be able to sin because that means he's capable of evil. Yeah. And you don't want God to be capable of evil. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I was just thinking about uh, trying to find the scripture the whole time you were okay. going off. Um... Oh, well, it says, yeah, God cannot be tempted with evil. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you could say God can't do something. Yeah, God can't be tempted with evil. So Yeah, because technically that wouldn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, in my opinion. And in his being, it doesn't. Like, yeah. Like you're, Is that what you're saying, basically? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He was like, he's all good. Yep. And so if you're all good, that means you're, you're always pure. Yeah. You can never be tempted to be doing something opposite of that. Yeah. It's like someone trying to coerce you to be a different race than you are. You are like, you mm-hmm. can't change that. It's like a, a static part of your being is your race. And no matter how much you could be tempted to be like, Oh yeah, you should be like, I could be like you should be black there. You should be, you're going to be like, what are you doing? That's not, yeah. I can never give into that. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could say it's impossible for God to give into being tempted to evil, which yeah. I would. Okay. I don't see a problem. It's with impossible, that. which is literally <laughs> the same as you saying God can't be not God. Right? Yeah, you're because that, that is the exact same thing you're saying. Because mm-hmm. you're just saying God can't be not God, because God is just good. So if God is good, then God is God, God is good. But God can't be not God, which is evil. Right? So God right. can't be evil, God can't be not God, because God's God. Yeah. Right? That's a correct. Yes. All right. Moving on to the last one, keeping it short. There's mm-hmm. some other things that we could talk about, but I think these are like more of the popular ones, right? Um, so the last one we're going to talk about is that um, God can't change his mind, right? Mm. So, ooh, oh, this goes kind of deep. I yeah. Just have, okay. There's some real interesting ones here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to some scriptures. Well, first, let me read you scriptures from the Bible that say God can't change his mind. So there are quite a few, actually, if I can mm. ever find them. Yeah, because it's interesting. We'll get into this after you read the Bible verses, but mm-hmm. then it goes into like the process of thinking yeah. and making up a mind, your mind. Like yeah. what, it's we, very interesting. Yeah, I'm about to geek out. It goes into the doctrine of divine simplicity, which we can't get into here because it's far, way <laughs> it's too deep. It's not simple. <laughs> yeah, it's not simple. Well, no. It's like... It is simple, but it's, but it's, it's not simple. It's, yeah, not, it's, it's it, deep. It takes a long time to explain divine simplicity. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay, so uh, Malachi 6, or oh. Malachi 3, 6 says, um, I, the Lord, do not change. Pretty straightforward. Um... James one seventeen says, 
Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And then Numbers twenty three nineteen says, um, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man, so someone like us, um, that he should change his mind. Right. So there it specifically says God cannot change his mind. Mm. So we can go to some problematic verses that seem to contradict that. Um, let me yeah, go to one of those. Moses. Yeah, real fast. But Moses is a classic. Classic. Classic Moses verse. Oh. Okay. Um, to catch up to speed where we are with Moses while Darius finding that verse is that um, Israel had sinned and built a golden calf. And I just caught a fruit fly flying in midair. So wow. um, that's just a little achievement in my life. <laughs> um, whenever you catch a bug midair, it's like, Yes. feel powerful. It's like in your I face. am a man. Yeah. To catch up so to speed where we're at when I come to the story with Moses right here. Um, Israel had sinned. They made an idol to, to uh, of, they called it Yahweh, but it was a statue of a cow and they worshiped mm-hmm. it. And Yahweh, God of the Bible, was furious. And he's like, I'm going to wipe them out, Moses. I'm going to start over with you. Mm-hmm. And then Moses prays. And then here we come into this. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to read you the part at the beginning where Moses or where it's like this uh, dialogue between God and Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me, uh, let me alone, that, I may, oh, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. That's sense? terrifying. Right, so God's pretty pissed yeah. at these people right now. And then if you go down um, later on, and sorry, let me tell you what verse that was. Um, that was Exodus 30, 32, 9 through 10. Um, and so down here, this is Exodus thirty-two fourteen, 14. Um, and this says, So the Lord changed his mind about the disaster. He said he would bring on his people. Right? Yeah. Um, so you see there something where God is angry at his people, and then God seemingly changes his mind two verses later. Right? About mm-hmm. like the wrath that he's going to bring on his people. And there's something really important that happens in between that amount of time, right? In between when God is angry and then he changes his mind. Do you remember what that thing is? Yeah, in that moment, Moses was praying. He's like, hey, I'm going to destroy these people. Leave Mm -hmm. me alone. I'm going to destroy them. And Moses says, let it not be, Lord, or something like that. And he's like, because then all the nations around will see that you brought them out to destroy them. And like, basically saying, like, God, for your namesake, don't do this because all the other nations are going to think that you're evil. Yeah. And then God changes his mind. And so it, 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 it seems like, did Moses change God's mind? Like, right. like God didn't consider that? Like, right. he's like, oh, yeah, Moses, good idea. I didn't think about that. Right. You know, and some people would say, yeah, so you can change the mind of God. And it's mm. like. like the I, Bible I, contradicts itself. Like, I know people who, who believe that, like, or I would say, I would assume the people that I know who believe other things would believe that. Mm. Yeah, you can change God's mind. If you just pray hard enough, you, you can convince him otherwise of what he's decided. Mm. Where I think me and Derry both say, like, no, I think when, once God makes up his mind, he... I mean, the Bible says God doesn't change his mind. Yeah. And yeah. so, let's extrapolate that. What is that? Yeah, so that? the Bible at the beginning, the verses that we are reading, especially the one from Numbers, is defining God's character, right? Who he is. He's saying, I'm not like a human being, that my mind can change, right? I'm God, right? I'm of one will, and I always, like, my will is always accomplished. The Bible says that over and over and over, right? Mm-hmm. That God's will is always accomplished. So we can see clearly through scripture that God doesn't change his mind. But in this instance, it seems like a human changed God's mind. And I think this, just like most of the other things we talked about tonight, are all about human perspective, right? Because we can assume from the Bible that because it gives the definition of God's character, they can't change his mind, that this situation isn't God changing his mind, but rather God trying to get 
Moses to intercede for the people, right? Mm. Moses is seeing the situation from his perspective, and God is saying, look how angry I am at this thing happening, right? There's been so much evil that's come against good that I tried to bring for you. I tried to give you myself, right? And you decided to go against me and choose outside of me and bring evil against me. And literally God's goodness coming against evil is called wrath. Right? So God's wrath is coming against everything evil that's not of himself. And he's saying, I'm going to destroy these people because they're evil. Right? And so God's angered by this thing happening. And Moses, in seeing God communicate to him in a very human way, right? God is communicating to a human. Moses is like, Lord, like, don't do this. Did you consider like this thing and this thing? And of course God considered those things. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't be all knowledgeable. Right? He wouldn't know everything. So God, of course, knows all those things. And then Moses begins to intercede on behalf of his people, right? And we actually have a few different examples of this in the Bible, and that won't go into it for the sake of time, but of God trying to get someone to intercede and to care for the behalf of humanity, right? And that's what God technically did with Jesus, right? He's interceded in the behalf of, of humanity, right? And now um, Jesus is considered our great intercessor, right? So God throughout like the Old Testament is trying to get people to care about humanity with him. And to intercede on the behalf of humanity with him, right? To to empathize with him and see the evil that's happening. Um, and then also have mercy, like he has mercy on his people, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is an example of not God changing his mind, but us seeing something from Moses' perspective and seeing that, oh, like I interceded and I like stood in the gap between God and humans in this instance. And God, and like, and I saw what God already was seeing. And so God was always going to make that same decision to spare Israel, right, in that instance, um, and to, like, quell his wrath against them. What a good uh, word. Yeah, thanks. Nice. Um, quell. <laughs> but um, it was from Moses' perspective, right? Yeah. So it's not God actually changing his mind, because we know from the rest of Scripture that that can't happen, right? So it, the obvious answer, in my opinion, has to be that we're seeing this from a human perspective, not from God's perspective, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's the answer to that. That question. So I don't think God can change his mind. That's something I can't do. He can't change his mind. Yep. Yep. Because he's infinite in wisdom. And that, that's the thing, right? If you think about it, uh, just like kind of logic it out in a way. Yeah, philosophically yeah. logic it out. Like God is infinite in wisdom mm -hmm. and knows everything. Yeah. There's nothing he hasn't considered. Yeah. Which means, and that's another thing, like to consider means to like ponder and like go through a process of thinking, mm -hmm. but he doesn't need to because he knows all. Yeah. So he doesn't... God doesn't have to process. Yeah, God doesn't process things like we do, like where we think this option and this option and this will result in this and I can mm. do this and that. He's like, this is how I... This is the decision I make and this is the fallout because I, he knows every moment of mm. time that we have and, and he knows everything. So he knows how everything's going to play out and he doesn't need to go through a process of like thinking. He just yeah. knows. He is. And that's why like... It's a cause for worship. When you see, when you ponder these things and you realize how grand God is, you're like, oh God, you just are. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't like without you creating time for us, you just exist. There is no present. There is no past or there is present. There's no future. There's no past. There just is now. Yeah. Right. And it makes you think, wow, God just is. There's no pondering for God. Mm -hmm. God just knows. He just is. He just has all. And it's like, yeah. oh, you deserve worship. Yep. You deserve worship. Seriously. Yep. So those are things that God can't do. God can't wait. He can't sin. He, uh, can't do things that are just problems in the in the human language, right? Like mm -hmm. create an uh, object too heavy he can't lift, um, and he can't uh, change his mind. So there's some other things we could talk about. Maybe we'll do a, t a part two sometime. But for today, that's it. Yeah. 
So check us out on all the social medias, the TikToks, the Facebooks, yep. the, social, uh, the Instagrams. The Share with your friends. Do it. People that you think might also have these questions or maybe who have posed these questions to you as well. Try to get it out there. We want to try to help pe- mm-hmm. as many people as we can answer the questions. Yeah. And uh, we got Patreon and the Spotify support thing as well. So yep. thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for the support that has already been given. Yeah. Uh, we take it with uh, like very humbly. We're like, wow, like yeah. God's so good that he would provide and, and, and yeah. do this and we want to just continue to reach more people and that's what we're all about we're about preaching the gospel and yep. seeing people's lives come to jesus so yep uh, be blessed have a good week i love y'all see you later <laughs>